Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me in the back? Good, good. I solicit your prayers as I uh, shared with um, High Street, uh, Duxbury, Pembroke. I am working on fumes today. I had said yes to your pastor uh, maybe several months ago uh, to be here this morning, not knowing that my brother was closing on his new home in New Jersey, and he wanted me to bless his home. It was a little bit of bait and switch on his behalf because I thought I was simply driving to New Jersey, which should have taken six to eight hours, which took 10 to 11 hours on a Friday afternoon. Note to self, do not drive to New York or George Washington Bridge on a Friday afternoon. (laughs) I got there ready to simply just go and bless his new home. But the U-Haul truck was still in his previous home. And I said, the way I would say to my brother, I'm his eldest brother. He's my baby brother, even though he's bigger than me. I said, what's up with this? (laughs) He said, we weren't finished loading the truck, so we need you to help us load the truck. (laughs) Then go and bless the new house. Yeah. So my wife and I, obviously, as duty-bound as we are, we love family, even when they bait and switch us. We got back on the road uh, yesterday afternoon, got home early this morning, and I'm literally working on fumes. So I solicit your prayers. I'm not saying that to say that the sermon flops. <laughs> I'm saying it to say that I need your prayers. <laughs> but amen, amen, I receive it in Jesus' name. But I do want to thank Pastor Stan and this, this wonderful congregation uh, for releasing um, Asakai. Drake Rostato, a couple Sundays ago, he went and blessed my wife's congregation in uh, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, at Worth UMC, and that congregation will never, ever be the same. They are so looking forward to seeing that small congregation filled again. They have hope before Resurrection Sunday. So Asa Kai, which I did not even know he played piano to, um, thank you for the word. I reminded him, well, he didn't, I, well, it would be the first time, so it wouldn't be a reminder. But I told him that that same passage of scripture in Genesis, uh, speaking of Abraham's story, that was the same passage of scripture that I accepted the call to ordain ministry 22 plus years ago. So when he preached that message, it spoke directly to my heart. And I'm so grateful for his parents and his grandparents and this congregation for sowing God's word into his heart so that he can spread God's word. I'm going to give you what God told me to tell you, but I need to say that so that I can put my head on the pillow later on. There is indeed a word from our Lord this morning, and it comes from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. I want to read uh, from the New International Version, the NIV translation. Hear these words. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Would you pray with me and for me on a sermon lesson I've entitled, Pressure in Jerusalem. Pressure in Jerusalem. Let us pray. Speak, Lord. 
for we, your servants, are listening. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts, prove acceptable unto you, for you are indeed our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Pastor Stan, I must confess that I have a few problems with Palm Sunday. I'll tell you why. Palm Sunday comes at the beginning of a disastrous week in the life of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know what the end will be, and thanks be to God. We also know that the final victory is coming. But it's a joy that jumps up in the midst of tragedy. It's a bulletin insert, if you will. It's a pleasant interlude in a terrible, terrible time. You see, Jesus had been at Bethany. He had raised Lazarus and Lazarus, and he had drawn a crowd. But I want to caution you. For any time you perform a miracle, any time somebody gets up from the dead, whether it's a physical death, an emotional or a spiritual death, somebody will follow you, not knowing why they are following. One of the fondest memories of my childhood is waiting for the culinary delicacies that would come out of my mother or my grandmother's pressure cooker because my grandmother taught my mother how to cook, and I never missed a good meal. The pressure cooker was a unique tool in the arsenal of pots and pans. It was not one of those instant pots or ninja foodies you might find on the Food Network. It allowed its contents to cook quickly with an intense combination of high temperature and steam pressure. The heat produced steam in such volume that it exerted pressure open, which allowed the pot's contents to really meld together. Pressure is caused when weight above or around an object exerts a force. Now, there were gaskets in the pressure cooker. These are the rubber seals around the edge of the pot that seal the force inside. I like that, may the fourth be with you. That was, that was unique. My wife and two other persons are coming as well. Back to the text. There was also a tube in the middle of that pot, a steam vent that allows just the right amount of steam to escape because there's a small weight there in the gauge in the top of that steam vent that jingled. It actually, actually, I called it jingle, but it actually jiggled. And it did a happy dance to allow the steam to escape. That would remind me that something good was about to come out. This pressure cooker is also a dangerous utensil because if the pressure gauge is not set properly, the pot could explode. The contents spraying all over the kitchen, potentially causing bodily harm, and certainly wasting good food. Now, some of you may be asking, why am I sharing this story on Palm Sunday? I'm glad you asked. People of God striving to create unity in the body of Christ can be like that pressure cooker. Outside and sometimes inside of our sanctuaries, there are those who believe what we do is simply a walk in the park. Outside of this room, they think that what we do is an easy thing, that our work week is nothing but prayer and playing around. 
outside of this room. They believe that we just study and sit around waiting for the next service to begin. Outside of this room, they are oblivious to what we do and what we have to go through to get it done. They are simply oblivious to all of us living in a pressure cooker. Now I have discovered that when God's will bears down on your will, that's pressure. When your ways of life fails to intersect with God's word, that's pressure. When the ministry to the people conflicts with the ministry to your family, that's I was checking to make sure you were still out there. <laughs> when decisions are made in fear rather than faith, that's pressure. When what you pray for is not what you get, that's pressure. When you carry the cross but are wanting to hold the crown, that's pressure. When the expectations of others combine with your own personal experiences and expectations what you believe God expects of you, that is pressure can wear you out. Pressure can make your heart feeble. Pressure can make you feel restless in your spirit. It can drain your resources. Pressure can literally bankrupt you spiritually. Pressure can break the best of us and depress the rest of us. But Jesus, our Savior, understood the right balance of pressure. He was focused on what he had to do. And so, as we prepare to continue to do good ministry, what God has blessed us to do, we cannot falter under the pressures of ministry. We cannot break because of the pressures of even our denomination. I don't care what translation of the Bible you read. Just make sure you read your Bible. Amen. I've never read anywhere that heaven will bro be broken into different sections. There will not be a special section for Methodists. There will not be a special section for Baptists or Lutherans or Catholics or Reformed. There will not be a special section. You ought to be thankful to be able to get into heaven and not wonder who's going to be in heaven. But like Jesus, our Savior, we must keep on pressing toward Jerusalem regardless of the pressure. You know, I'm going to ask God when I, when I get to heaven to explain a lot of things to me. I didn't say if I make it into heaven. I said when I make it, and I'm, I'm living my life now so that I can live again. What I want to ask God is exactly what were you thinking? You knew your son was going to die and suffer for things that he did not do. So why did you have that parade on Palm Sunday? Perhaps God will answer. He will say, my son Andrew, that's my name, Andrew. I had the parade because even in the midst of the pressures of this world, we should not lose our joy. For Jesus knew what was going on in Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, the disciples had said, don't go there. But I could hear Jesus saying to them, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to face my fate because if I don't go, 
if I am not crucified and resurrected, there will be no faith community church. There will be no United Methodist Church. Actually, there will be no church in any place. Jesus went through a lot of pressure for us and because of us. The Pharisees were already out to kill him when he was on his way to Jerusalem. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. Do not lose heart. You will be renewed. So in some sense, Palm Sunday is a cipher. It's a sign, a foretaste of a new beginning for us in Christ Jesus. It is a sign that you can shout in advance. You can praise God in advance of receiving that doctor's report. Amen walls. Anybody ever been to the doctor? Anybody ever had a test that you were waiting for the results? Palm Sunday is a foretaste of Resurrection Sunday that allows us to know that we can thank God in advance of getting the doctor's report. The doctor did not die for you. Jesus did. So if we have a doctor's appointment that's coming up or even one that we're waiting for the results, we can thank God in advance because we know the end of the story. So what we are saying here on Palm Sunday simply is this. You might as well praise God in advance. Don't wait until Resurrection Sunday and join in the singing of He is exalted without knowing him for yourself. You have the opportunity to say yes to God. We know that Good Friday is coming. You know the crucifixion is also coming, but start the music and start the singing now. Sing in anticipation of the victory. Sing now before musicians play on their instruments. If you are a parent, apparently I see you, but if you are a parent, that was a joke. Let me say that one more time. <laughs> I only had three hours of sleep. You probably had more. I thought that was a pretty good line. But, but if you are a parent or even a grandparent, whatever your children or your grandchildren do right, you ought to go ahead and celebrate them right now. If they get it right, just celebrate it because you're going to have some days when they'll break your heart just like you broke your mother and father's heart when you were children. If they do something right, say thank you right then. Build up gratitude so that you'll have a trust fund of gratitude when you have to fuss at them later. Similarly, in your church, don't wait until it's time to complain about what did not happen. When it is right, when the service is right, when the preacher's done their job, when the choir and the praise band has sung and done it well, say thank you to them. Don't wait till later. Rejoice and celebrate, and don't wait in, in anticipation for the other shoe to drop. So we all come to church on this Palm Sunday, some to sing, some just to see who's here. But in a few days, the same crowd is going to curse him and condemn him and scream out, you'd rather have Barabbas. This same Jesus whom they put in the tomb, a borrowed tomb, this same Jesus whom they pushed around 
and beat this same Jesus whom they traded for Barabbas. You know what happened. The scripture declares and decrees that now he's highly exalted. And, and at the name of David, no. At the name of Stan, no. At the name of Josie, no. At the name of Andrew, no. At the name of Bishop, no. At the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If I can celebrate on Palm Sunday with Good Friday looking at me, staring me in my face, you know I can celebrate right now. He has been exalted. He's high and lifted up, but there's something about his name. When I was younger, this is one of the songs that my wife and I would sing to our, our youngest son. And this is not a plug or anything. This is dad, me being dad, being a proud papa. Our youngest son will be graduating with his master's degree from USC, University of Southern California, after graduating from Columbia University, and his mother and father did not pay a million dollars for him to go. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he earned his way there. We used to sing this song, there's something about that name to him before his bedtime prayers, so that when he would wake up in the morning, he would know he could sleep well because Jesus never, never slumbers nor sleeps. Sing to your children before they go to bed. Read scripture to your children before they go, go to bed so when they wake up in the morning, they'll want to get out of the bed. Well, that's a sermon for another day. Jesus, the healer of our soul. Jesus, the comfort for my pain. Jesus, there's no other name. And so we're on this road to Jerusalem together, and we, we know the heartaches and we know the pain. Have you ever traveled somewhere and you've been disappointed? Your friends left you, somebody betrayed you, somebody lied to you. Can you imagine Jesus looking around for the whole crowd, that crowd that said, I will go with you? Where is Peter? He said he would be there. Where are the sons of Zebedee, the twins of thunder? I can hear Jesus saying, I can't find anybody but John. And he's here to help my mother. I've been disappointed and neglected, but I'm going to press on to Jerusalem anyhow. For the road to Jerusalem runs through Palm Sunday, but it also runs through Good Friday. It runs through suffering and runs through pain. It, it runs through disappointment. It runs through neglect. It runs through despair. It runs through depression. But all I really did come here today to tell you and to remind you that it doesn't end there. There is joy, unspeakable joy, on the other side. There is glory on the way. There is healing on the way, deliverance on the way. My brothers and sisters, as we go through Palm Sunday together in anticipation of the great celebration as we go through this Lenten season of reflection and meditation, we also know that the day is coming when we will be restored. We will be revived and rejuvenated because if there's a Palm Sunday, if there's a Good Friday, there is also Resurrection Sunday and Ascension Sunday. For the Apostle Paul, this early theologian, the man who wrote so much in the Bible, he says this resurrection is critical. How critical is it? I'm glad you asked. Well, if Jesus is not raised from the dead, all our preaching is in vain. 
It won't make any difference how much you preach if a person in the world asks you what is the key ingredient to the Christian faith. What is the key ingredient in the pressure cooker called life? Before you go and tell them that they've got to be sprinkled or poured or dipped or they have got to take communion in a certain way. You just tell them if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that he is raised from the dead for your sins, you are saved. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son into the world that whosoever, that's you and that's me, that believes on him, he will not perish but have everlasting life. That's good news for the church. But the lesson of Palm Sunday is that we can live in anticipation of the joy that's coming. The victory is already ours. But the wonderful thing about my God in the Palm Sunday story is that I already know, and already know, I already know that I know that we do win. Fast forward. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you win. Regardless of how you are feeling right now, regardless of what's going on outside of these church walls, we win when we are believers in Jesus Christ. We already know how the story ends because it was won for all of us at Calvary's cross. For Jesus sits on the right hand of God the Father saying, Father, I remember Palm Sunday and the misunderstanding. I remember that denial. I remember the betrayal. I remember how Judas cut up. I remember how Peter acted like he didn't even know me, but I'm here asking for you to give your people one more chance. We can rejoice, understanding that he made it through Palm Sunday. He made it through the cross, the crucifixion, and the empty tomb, and now he is exalted above every name. And if I can sing on Palm Sunday, God knows I can sing the rest of the year because his name is above every name. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let me say finally, if you get into the praise business of an exaltation, it's catching, it's contagious. I don't care how you praise God, but please praise God. Some people praise him quietly with a smile. Some people run around the church. Some people jump up and down. I can't tell you how to praise God, but I can tell you one thing. You ought to praise God some kind of way because praise is contagious. I can never be in a crowd that's praising God and not feel better before seeing the crowd. Regardless of how much pressure we may feel, we are on the road to Jerusalem with our Savior, and we cannot turn back now because we have come this far by faith. No pun intended by your church name. We are here by faith in Jesus Christ. And it's my hope and my prayer that you continue to do the good work that God has blessed you with the ability and the gifts, the spiritual gifts to do. Continue to do things in ways that may not seem Methodist. Continue to do things in ways that will bring people to know Jesus Christ. Methodism did not die for you. Jesus died for you. So be more intentional by saying you are a Christian that believes in Jesus Christ 
then you are a member of Faith Community Church or even a denomination. Yes, I said that as a superintendent of the United Methodist Church. <laughs> Jesus died for you. The superintendent or the bishop or the denomination did not. Be the body of Christ, and I know that God will be pleased because this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you. I was so moving. Did you feel it? Feel it. At this time at Faith Community Church, we take a moment to reflect upon the words that were spoken and the message that was instilled in us. We take time and pause. We take time to stand before the cross. If there is a relationship that is troubling you, causing you burden, if there is a situation in your life, family, at work, school, that just seems to be putting the pressure, putting the pressure on you, and you find yourself looking to the left and looking to the right, but realizing that there is only one way to look, and that is to the cross. If during today's service, that knocking at your heart that Christ does, when he says, my child, I'm seeking and searching for you. I went, into, I went in and they praised me on Palm Sunday, but they will crucify me at the end of the week, and I've done it for you. Sometimes we go about life, and as we're traveling, it's like two paths. And sometimes, because of who we are, that we divert ourselves. And yet there Christ still is, saying, it's okay. Because that cross is for the sinners. It's for us. Sometimes we need to maybe rededicate our lives to him. Sometimes he's stirring within us just to come forth. He's knocking at our heart and asking for us to accept him, to love him. As we stand for our closing hymn, those of you who would like to come forward for prayer at the altar, we welcome you. For those of you who are looking to rededicate your life to Christ, we welcome you. For those who have said, you know what, I, I hear him calling me. That pressure, I am looking to relieve that pressure, and my knee is bowing today so that I can receive him. We welcome you.